Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's the night of May 2nd, 2023, and here we are podcasting about the sports matchup in California that absolutely every single person on the planet has been dropping things to go watch, which is obviously LeBron versus Steph. we got the Lakers and the Warriors in the second round of the uh, 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 the Western Conference playoffs. Um, yeah, no, we're going to talk Cincinnati Reds baseball. Right? <laughs> They've been playing in Oakland. They've been playing in San Diego. We're actually watching Graham Ashcraft play his trade in the bottom of the second inning right now um, in San Diego as the Reds are trying to salvage, let's say salvage, um, they're trying to wrap up this West Coast swing um, on a positive note. They they took two out of three in Oakland, um, losing on Sunday in a game that really looked like they had it in hand. They should have scored in the top of the ninth and didn't, and then um, we kind of got a, a, a storyline boot of a ball at first base by a guy who nobody really wanted to be on the roster at that point in time, which led to them losing the series, which is never a great way to go into San Diego to face this particular lineup, especially now that Fernando Tatis Jr. is back. Um, they got beat pretty thoroughly last night, and it's going to take a win either tonight or tomorrow to come out of this road trip with a, a 500 record, which you know, in the grand scheme of things is not the biggest deal in the world, but for a team that seemed like they finally found a little bit of footing and a little bit of momentum um, to let that game against Oakland kind of define how they react in this series against San Diego would be a, it'd be a bit of a setback. You know, you want to have them have as much momentum as possible as the young team kind of begins to find its identity. Um, Coming home with at least a five and a road trip as you head back into to, to host the Chicago White Sox, who have struggled probably worse than anybody in baseball this year, it'd be a good way to kind of finish a good April and get get May started on a good note. So that's where we are. That's what we're going to talk about tonight on Walkswell Hunt. Um, I'm Wick. I'm your host once again, uh, joined by the Arkansas Reds fan himself, Mitchell Clark, and as always, BK back in Cincinnati. Um, guys, what are your thoughts so far on on how this road trip has gone? I mean. You know, we, we we watched them sweep the Texas Rangers in the unlikeliest of fashions. And I think at the time, the last time we talked about this a couple, a couple of days ago, we said, wow, you know, like there was some fight, there was some grit, there were comeback wins, there was a walk-off. And it looks like Nick Senzel is actually kind of, is he kind of becoming the player that we always kind of hoped he would be? Um, that at least has kind of 
stuck around for the for the first part of this West Coast trip. Uh, Beak, what are your thoughts on what you saw in Oakland and 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 Nixon's primarily, considering we're fresh off him becoming the National League Player of the Week and deservedly so. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know taking taking two or three out of Oakland is you know probably the not I wouldn't say the best case scenario or but I also wouldn't say it's the worst case scenario at this point you know that is, is definitely a team that you're um hoping to do well against even though you know you're on the road they only had five wins coming into the series and um you know now they're I think what six and 23 or something so so I mean it's it's definitely the the type of team that if you're the if you're the Reds you want to you want to actually take care of business there. And, um, you know, I think that taking the series is, is great. I think it'll be a much different story against the Padres. Um, you know, the Padres being, you know, a little over 500, but, you know, definitely not a team that is overachieving at this point, but definitely a team that has invested a lot in, in what they've, uh, you know, they're, they're really going for it right now. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is, it's really interesting given their market size and kind of where they are um, in relation to the Reds as far as their kind of um, market goes because it's, you know, it, it does kind of seem like, wow, like the Padres are always the team that I look at and it's like, man, I don't know how they're spending $300 million on so many different guys. <laughs> But but at the same point in time, they had thirty seven thousand fans in their stadium on a Monday right. night. Yeah, exactly. And with the know, Reds in town, the the Reds were in town, and that was the draw last night. So right. and um, when you when you relay that to you know the Rays being in town when you know they were just off of a couple of games off of being undefeated coming into that game and um, you know beautiful weather here in Cincinnati, it was you know almost a a ballpark low in attendance uh, in parts of that series. So it's, you know, it's definitely a much different, it's, it's a much different scenario, obviously, but um, you know, I think that when you, when you really look at it, I think that it's, you know, I th- it's hard to look at the Padres and think, Hey, why couldn't the Reds do that? But um but it, it'll be interesting to see how this goes because it, it's, you know, it's a much different team than Oakland. And, um, you know, and obviously, as you mentioned, Nixon's L um, really has started the road trip off kind of right where he left off, um, you know, in the Texas series. And um, I think he's got eight hits so far in the first over the first four games. And and so that's, you know, exactly what you want to see. He's now tied for the team team leading home runs with uh babe vossler and uh babe vossler, yes <laughs> you know, Finally. The, the phenom yeah the phenom who is uh currently um did did, did he finally report did he report to to louisville or uh... I, I, I think i think he did yes okay. um so, so the reds have 20 <laughs> ho- 20 home runs as a team right now and six of those come from the DFA 10 days ago, Jason Vosler, who's now at AAA Louisville, and Nick Senzel, who missed the first two weeks of the season. So, there you um, go. Yep. yeah, the, the, the home, keep in mind, the home, Jason Vosler hasn't had a home run since April 4th. Yeah, so. exactly. Right. It's been a month. <laughs> it's been a month. Um, yeah. So, the, the, the homer swatting Cincinnati Red Legs, they are not. Um, Arf, what are your thoughts on what you've seen from Nick Senzel since he's been back and whether or not 
I don't know. Any of this is actually real. Like, is what we're seeing from him something that we should actually tangibly be excited about and not more than just a flash in the pan right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, like, even the games, you know, if he only has, like, one hit, like, he's getting on base. I mean, I think he's reached base, like, at least twice a game since this little hot streak has started. Yeah, the walk um, rate's up as well, so, no doubt. And so, yeah, let's see. He's walked, like, uh, I mean, he's got, like, seven walks against 11 strikeouts this season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's definitely being more patient at the plate. He's not swinging at everything. So that that was kind of what I was curious to see what would happen going into that road trip because, I mean, like we mentioned last week, the Reds typically don't play well on the West Coast um, no matter who we're playing. So, you know, obviously the A's are a team you'd like to sweep, but the the positives that came out of that season or out of that uh, series, you know, Hunter Green having another really good start, Nick Lodolo having a little bit more of a bounce-back start, um, and then Sinzel keeping this – hot streak going um even you know into last night against a team like the Padres um it, it's big you know so I mean this is go, been going on for Sinzel for you know basically the better part of a week now and you know we're starting to see some flashes of what he can do when he's actually healthy yeah you know long ago back in the uh, uh the olden days of, of the Red Reporter podcast um you know, I, I dreamt of the opportunity to to sit down, have a couple beers, eat a, a big plate of pork chops and rice, and watch Nixon Zell be the best hitter in the Reds lineup as they play the Padres on the West Coast. Um, it's 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 kind of how it is right now. You know, it, it's it's strange to say that purely because a we've just not seen him play. He's just been hurt nonstop for four years, and when he's been on the field, it's like you could tell he just looked rusty. He didn't look right. He didn't look good. But I feel like he didn't look good because there were so many other mitigating factors as to why. Um, I think this all honestly comes back to the obvious, which is that if he can stay healthy and get the reps in, I think there's still enough talent in there for him to be a legitimate big league player. And, you know, whether or not he ever lives up to being the number two overall pick and a guy who is the face of a franchise and a nine-figure contract guy, who knows, whatever. That that pressure seems to be off his shoulders right now. Um that doesn't mean he still doesn't have a whole lot to prove. And I feel like he's out there to prove that his time with the Reds is still evolving and there's still a lot that he can get out of it and the Reds can get out of it. And, you know, maybe it's funny how these, these things all work out. And sometimes it just takes certain little tweaks to, to your routine, to your daily workouts, to, to what you do to kind of get yourself back into that mentality that you need to be successful day in and day out. And it almost seems like him not knowing where he's going to play every day, per se. You know, I, I say that as if he doesn't know ahead of time. But you get what I'm saying here is that he could play anywhere every single day. Um, it almost seems like that's kind of like that, that. That's 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 coinciding. I don't want to say correlation, causation, all that other stuff. But it's certainly coinciding with him hitting better at the plate when he might play third. He might play second. He right. might play left, right, or center. He might play all of those in the same game. Um there's right. something about that versatility that seems to kind of be helping him unlock his value to the team. And that's really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, I, I do wonder if that there, there is something there, even if it's just, you know, he's not getting into his head about, you know, trying to carve out a starting spot in center field um, as much as he's just kind of, you know, playing where he's needed and is just kind of, 
just taking it one day at a time, you know, as cliche as that sounds, um, you know, it, it seems like he probably might have the propensity to overthink things. Um, and maybe this just kind of helps ground him a little bit and say, you know, Hey, just concentrate on playing third base today. And, you know, you're batting, batting third. Let's see what happens. And, you know, it's, it's really a mentality and approach that's worked out for him. So I think it's also kind of worth pointing out that, that, you know, it just so happened that him being activated basically coincided with Will Myers kind of hitting the injury list as well, because if there was one player on the roster who was going to play every day against righties or lefties in this hyper platoon roster, they put together, it was probably Will Myers, you know, and also a guy who could play corner outfield and also play first base DH if he needed to as well. Um, Myers not being there almost basically thrust Sinzel into being that guy who as a right-handed hitter, obviously was going to be in the lineup against lefties. Um, but also was one of the righties who was going to be in the lineup against righties also. And it's like his ability to be a center fielder one day and a third baseman the next day, play against lefties, play against righties, move around. It, it kind of helps unlock things in the lineup the same way that Myers did. And it's almost, it, it seems like obviously they're not the same player and they don't play the exact same positions, but their versatilities unlock the rest of the roster to be able to move around and fit those parts. And so in a way he did actually kind of get thrust back into a much more important void than he otherwise would have had he just been activated and Myers was there and hitting well. Um, so that's just, it's one of those, you know, for all the, for all the bad luck scenarios he's had with vin- injuries and everything else over the last couple of years, not to wish any ill will on Myers, who I hope will be back very, very soon, but it seems to have worked very well for Sinzel um, in his favor in that regard, because he's, walked back into a scenario where he's going to be dependent upon it every single day, which, you know, the entire off season, we were like, well, you know, he might be redundant at this point. And it turns out not so much. And he's kind of thriving in that, which is really, really cool to see. Um, Let's take a break real quick and we will come back with more of this week's walks. Well, hunt. Thanks for taking a break with us. Uh, we are back with more Walks Will Hunt, which is fun. Um, always fun to throw some ads in the middle of the podcast. Still getting used to that entire aspect of all of this, but thanks for working with us on that one. Um, Might have paid uh, 1-147th of a bill with that one. Um, anyway, moving on from, from Nick Senzel and the active roster in the Cincinnati Reds. Um, down in Triple A Louisville, the last couple of years in particular, and I say couple, the last decade or so in Triple A Louisville, uh, has not exactly been uh, the highlight of the Cincinnati Reds farm system. Um, they've had some pretty bad teams down there. And even when they've had some good prospects, they haven't exactly won a lot of games. That's different right now. Um, they've got perhaps the most talent. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that they've got the most upside talent of any team in minor league baseball right now. And the addition of Andrew Abbott to that pitching staff finally kind of gives them an ace and it, it suddenly looks, you know, on the, on the pecking order of the Cincinnati Reds, like he might be the next guy up, which is not exactly what we thought would be the case at the start of the season. Certainly not with Brandon Williamson on the roster um, and presumably ready for the big leagues, but as Williamson has struggled, Abbott absolutely flew through double a 
and has now got his call up to AAA. And again, this afternoon, um, just struck up basically every single person he could face, which is tremendous on a number of different levels. Um, Arf, what are your thoughts on what you've seen out of Abbott so far this year? And the fact that it's immediately translated at AAA um, while the back end of the Reds pitching staff has kind of sputtered a little bit. Are we going to see Andrew Abbott sooner than later? Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine him keeping this up and just like hanging out down in Louisville for a few more months. If, uh, you know, especially with the, the latter half of the rotation, uh, that the Reds have right now. I mean, he struck out another eight batters in five innings today. Um, I think, did he give up a run? I don't think he did. Um, and then, you know. Let's see. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up the stats and uh, doing the same thing as well, which which is podcast which I should have done beforehand, but did not do. (laughs) Yeah, no runs on two hits, two walks, and eight strikeouts over five innings, Um, and that's after five innings, two hits, uh, or six hits and two runs, and like seven strikeouts. uh, You know, in his first outing uh, in Triple A. So you know, I remember I do remember last season when he got called up from uh, from Dayton and kind of got lit up in, in Chattanooga um, after a couple of good starts. So it's obviously something to keep an eye on, especially as, you know, he keeps continues to make his way through AAA and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, um, considering where the rest of the rotation in Louisville, um, how they perform, you know, like you said, Brandon Williamson's been getting lit up. Um, Levi Stout hadn't been great. Um, and then, uh, I mean, yeah, Chase Anderson, you know, five starts, 4.3 ERA. So, I mean, right now, you know, he, he could be if, if he keeps performing like this. Yeah, Chase Anderson has been very Chase Anderson. He, uh, ben Lively has been very Ben Lively. Um, and Brandon Williamson has seemingly taken every step back he possibly could, which is really, really unfortunate. But, you know, I don't think the Reds are necessarily itching to call up another pitcher. I think they're, I mean, as we saw the entire offseason, I think this entire season is pretty much a willingness to just kind of let things ride and get to next year. But that said, the way they've compiled this pitching staff, somebody is going to have to fire some innings at some point so you don't run every single pitcher that you want for the long term or not completely into the ground. Um, Abbott sure looks like he's kind of going to be that guy. and And that's, you know, that's coming from somebody who watched him at least briefly in double a this year. And there's a whole lot of questions about the ball in double a and the, the new seams and the ability to maneuver the ball and move it around, which, you know, Abbott obviously benefited from and The early numbers suggest that the ball's not moving as much when he throws it at triple a or not. That said, the, the successes he had last year also came without that ball. He's proven that he doesn't need that to be the guy who's dominant. And, Arf, as you mentioned, like, I don't know how many more opportunities you have to give him to show what he showed today and what he showed in every other start this year before you say he's got to be a big leader. Like, you just can't keep somebody down like that that much longer. Um, so, yeah, I think he's kind of forcing his hand. Be, what do you think about Abbott uh, and his chances of making not just cameos, but kind of an impact on on this, this year's Red team? Yeah, I mean, if, especially when if I'm looking at, um, you know, a triple a pitcher. Um, the, the thing that I'm looking for is really that 
strikeouts, right? Um, what what kind of stuff does he have? What how can he get guys out without um, you know guys getting themselves out really? And you know, looking at you know his first two starts in AAA, having fifteen strikeouts in his first two starts is uh, you know really just kind of picking up where he left off in Chattanooga, and you know it doesn't really feel like you know obviously it's a small sample size but it doesn't feel like the jump to AAA has been um too jarring for him um and you know just given where what he's looked like at this point it it definitely seems like he could get a shot um you know i i definitely think that when you look at the other guys that are there in Louisville um you know Ben Lively is another guy that i think will see some big league time at some point this year. Um, and definitely is, is really the other, the other guy in Louisville that has started out the season really well, but you know, um, I, I think that the reds should be very open to this and to, you know, outside of the, really the first, you know, the top three guys in Lodolo green Ashcraft, um, you know, I think that those other two spots are just going to kind of be revolving doors throughout the rest of the season. You know, I don't yeah. really see, yeah. I don't see Luis Sessa, you know, staking a claim to a spot in the rotation. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we haven't really seen much from Luke Weaver yet, but what we've seen has not been very good at all. Um, you have your Connor Overton who's hurt now. Um we really don't have too many guys who are, you know, on the big league roster and are really taking that, taking those other two rotation spots and running with them. So, you know, I think that there will be a spot for Abbott at some point this year to get some time at the big league level. Um, and I'm very excited to see kind of what he can do with it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even, even when you talk about green and Ashcraft and Lodolo, if this turns out to be the Reds team that we expect it to be, which is under 500, competing here and there, winning series every now and then that you don't expect them to, um, by the time you get to, to early August, that's a team that's probably on pace to maybe win 71, 72 games. Um, that's still a lot of innings you're asking for your top three to continue to pitch into September on a team that's not in it and that yeah. I'm guessing is not going to be adding any big significant starting pitcher at the deadline either. Right. Somebody's gonna have to pitch innings later in this in this season, and you know when you look up at, at guys like like Chase Anderson specifically, and guys like Ben Lively, veteran arms who have pitched a good number of innings at the big league level as well. Um, you know we, we've reached the May first point where you see a lot of people opting out of minor league deals who have been established major leaguers elsewhere. Uh, we saw you know Gary Sanchez basically opt out of his his deal with the San Francisco Giants to become a, a free agent again because he wasn't going to get called up at this point in time. You're not seeing that with any Reds pitchers, and I think that's because they all look up and realize, yeah, there are going to be a lot of opportunities for us to get starts at the big league level a lot down the stretch this year because somebody physically is going to have to be out there pitching. And even in the best-case scenario with all of the best pitchers the Reds have, pitching fine, pitching well, pitching healthily, they're not going past 150 innings this year. There's just no way. And right. that means there's going to be a lot of starts later in the season. So I'm, I'm interested to see Abbott, for one, continue to progress in AAA, but also how much they begin to kind of maybe manage his innings at the AAA level to get him a chance to showcase himself later on in the season 
when guys like Lodolo and Hunter Green and Ashcraft begin to run into those innings complications um, for a team that's not necessarily going anywhere, quote unquote, this season. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. kind of what all this is. All, all this is in the first place is a season where you're just expecting to see what you've got. And that's that's what they're going to do. Yeah, it's I mean, and I think you bring up a good point in that, you know, I, I don't think that any of us at this point are really going to expect all three of those guys to even be healthy, you know, between now and August. Um, there's, you know, just given that all of them have had, you know, their ups and downs as far as health has gone and, um, you know, none of them has have pitched over 100 innings in a season, I don't believe, uh, coming into this this season so just barely just barely they cleared 100 last year the hunter i think had 120 and lodolo had like 104 something like that but barely yeah so right so it's you know to expect 150 innings out of them let alone you know what really what the reds actually need at this point in you know they really just kind of need guys that can eat a lot of innings and um you know put them in a in a good position to win ball games um you know, there, there are going to be those, those spots and um, there, there's going to be, you know, as long as Andrew Abbott can stay healthy and um, you know, just kind of continue on the same trajectory that he's on at this point, you know, I think that a call up is definitely not out of the question, you know, but at least between, you know, now or August, you know, just given, given the restraints of the current, uh, rotation and the current roster for sure. Um, switching gears just, just slightly. Um, there is a, a certain first base ish slugger, uh, who's not currently on the Reds active roster right now, who, um, obviously started the season hurt and we are waiting to find out more news on him, how he's progressing and when he's going to make his way up to Cincinnati and be an impact player for the 2023 Cincinnati Reds. Um, am I talking about Christian Scott Hatt- it's, it's Scott Hatterberg, right? Is it Scott Hatterberg? Is it Scott Heineman? Um, but am I talking about Christian Encarnacion and Strand? Am I, am I talking about Joey Votto? Um, it's kind of like, you know, off, off mic before we started this episode, Arf and I were talking about the fact that the Reds have 20 home runs and, Six of them were Jason Vosler and Nick Senzel. And, you know, on top of all of that, you know, they, the Reds have some young players and some new players who look like they could be some good parts. Uh, but, like, none of them really look like they project to be, like, big home run hitters. And the history of the Cincinnati Reds, we all know it's it's been a hitting franchise. Whenever they've won, it's because of their, their hitting. Their pitching was good enough. Um, but there's a reason why they, it took them until 2020 in a shortened season to ever have a Cy Young award winner in a 130 plus year old franchise. Um, and that guy can kiss my ass by the way. Anyway, um, side note. Um, but point being, it's always been a franchise that has built itself on hitting and hitting a lot of home runs too. And they play in a home ballpark that doesn't, you know, do anything to, to, to pitchers that does everything for hitters. And still there just doesn't look like anybody on this roster is necessarily going to be, a 25 home run hitter this year, much less more than that. Um, so that kind of turns your attention back to that AAA lineup where Incarnation Strand looks like a guy who you give him 650 plate appearances and his home ballpark is great American. He's going to pop out home runs 20 times at home. 
Um, Votto, obviously, I was teasing because he's the other guy that we're waiting to find out about who will be back for the Reds. But um, in terms of thump that's on the way, uh, what are your thoughts on when or if the Reds will kind of lean towards bringing up Incarnacion Strand? And the subplot of that being, do they bring up a guy who projects to necessarily be their first baseman of the future, quote unquote, if Votto is still on the cusp of maybe coming back? Uh, how, how do you juggle that, Arf? I, I have I have no answers to that question. I don't know if you do or not. I can't believe you're counting out Matt Reynolds at this point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like, a, you know, an Abbott situation. You know, the Reds don't have any power in their lineup. And, I mean, right now in AAA, he's, he's hit a home run and – or he's played eight games and hit four bombs already. Um, yeah, it's hard he's not to look at him, and, right? He's right there. <laughs> and, like, you know, and if you have – guys getting on base and you know in the lineup you ca- you still need that thumper who's gonna who's gonna be able to drive them all in with one swing of the bat um and i mean i think if he's hitting that well like you call him up and when Votto comes out like you figure it out like you you know you find a place for both of them whether that's dh and incarnacion strand and letting Votto get the majority of the first base reps, you know, in what is presumably his last season. Um, you know, I think you just kind of, that, that part will take care of itself because, you know, that that's a good problem to have, to have someone like uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand hitting the ball like that. And then a future Hall of Famer, you know, coming off the injured list. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think if, if he keeps this up, like you kind of, you have no choice. Like if you want to at least, give some kind of impression that like, okay, yeah, we're still trying to win ball games. Like you, you kind of let the, the other part figure itself out. I mean, it's definitely a good problem to have. I'm just looking at like, I'm just looking at the numbers and how they've structured this roster and the whole, you know, trying to buy starts at first base for Tyler Stevenson, who still hasn't hit a home run yet this year and carrying three catchers to a lot for that, but also have a Will Myers. who's played more first base than anywhere else over the last couple of years. And then bringing up in and strand and then also bringing Votto up. And it's like, you're, 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 that's six roster spots where first base is like the primary option for four of those guys, but also having two backup catchers. It just seems like a very disjointed roster if everything is going smoothly. And obviously, Will Myers is on the injured list. Joey Votto's on the injured list. Incarnation Strand spent a month on the injured list to start this year. So, yeah, as you mentioned, those things will certainly work themselves out. I'm just trying to figure out the timeline and how the, you know, the, the, the progression of this goes in an ideal scenario to um, to get the most out of all these guys for this particular season. And I just, I keep coming back to the fact that like, I just don't know how much, I don't know how much we're going to see a Vado this year. And that's a revelation that I had a really hard time kind of like, even just like, like I choked up a little bit saying that right then. Um, but it just, it kind of seems like in 29 games going on 30th game tonight, with there no indication that he's anywhere close to coming back, um, like have they already moved past him? And that's like that sucks to say, but it just seems like that's like the next the next thing. Beak, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I think that when it comes to you know, I think we've talked about this kind of, uh, and I'm still at that point where I think that if he does come back, that's Joey. Um, you know. I think that he 
could kind of fit into whatever role that the Reds have for him at this point. But it's definitely not going to be in years past. Like it's it's his roster and it's his yeah you know, it's his team. Um, and yeah, I think that that's probably a good thing at this point, right? Like it seems like the torch has kind of been passed, and um, you're seeing guys kind of step up. In if that's you know Hunter Green and Jonathan India and guys that you know are the players that are going to be here for the future as opposed to the current kind of crop of guys. But, you know, it does kind of beg the question of, you know, I don't know what they're looking for out of Christian and Karachino strand that uh, precludes him from being part of the major league roster at this point. You know, I think that when you, when you look at what he did in spring training, you know, against, Obviously, it's it's kind of a mixed bag, but you know he definitely saw more major league pitching there than he probably is at AAA right now. Um, but you know, keeping in mind he's you know tied for sixth on the Louisville bats in hits coming into tonight, and he's only played eight games. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like uh, really the only guys that are uh, hitting better than him have been there all season. And, you know, I, I think that we were kind of lamenting the small sample size last time we, we kind of talked about him, but, you know, he's just kept it up and there's no reason to leave that guy at triple a when you really don't have a kind of set in stone first baseman in the lineup right now, you know, you're kind of, you know, it seems like they're, there are a number of guys that they've used at this point, um, whether that's Spencer Steer or Matt Reynolds or, you know, I guess Kirk Casale has played there a little bit. Um, Tyler Stevenson, obviously, but you know, they, they, they don't have a guy who they can kind of count on, even if it's, you know, on a part-time basis, whether it's, you know, four or five days a week, you know, they don't have that guy to pencil into the lineup. They're really still trying to mm-hmm. kind of fill that spot. Right. And it just, it just seems like I, I can't think of a justification to keep Christian Nick and Arstein strand out of that spot at this point, just to yeah. even just to see what you got. Right. To, I mean, it, cause you know, it's one, it's one part it's that they both happen. It's one part that they both happen to play first base or project to be first baseman going forward. But it's another part, like, you know, it sounds cliche to be like the Reds need a classic number three hitter who plays first base who's the big bopper slugger, but like that's what Votto has always been, and that's what Incarnation Strand looks like he is gonna be. And sure. for as much as you wanna, you know, give Tyler Stevenson the chance to emerge and grow, he's twenty six going on twenty seven, hasn't homered yet this year, and like you can't carry two catchers and give him first base to right. wait for that to happen. Right. And if it's mean, not going to happen. If you, have, you know? if, if you have a first base prospect that you are expecting a lot from and a guy, you know, if, if Spencer Steer came up and he was primarily a first baseman, then maybe you can kind of, That's all right, let's, thing, see, yeah. let's see what we have here and let's keep CES down at in Louisville. But, you know, not that's not really the case at this point. They really are kind of trying to fill that spot every game with, whoever isn't playing elsewhere. And it's like, well, if that's the case, why, you know, why can't CES come up and at least be part of that conversation? 
whether I mean, whether or not he's the guy, you know, every day, it's that's not relevant right now. Like, admittedly, we're talking about thirty yeah. games into the season. Like, the Reds could yeah. uh, designate Luke Maley for assignment tomorrow. Trade Will Myers when he's healthy in four weeks. Call up Botto. Call up Incarnation Strand. Tell Tyler Stevenson, "Hey, we bought you the first three months of the season. Now you're catching most games, and Kirk Casale's going to spell you." Votto's DHing in Carnacion's first base, like boom, there you go. It's not a, it's not a super complicated fix. It just yeah. it's how do how do you guys, make you the GM? I've got baby number two coming between now and probably the next time we record an episode. So I will take any pay bump I can get at this juncture. Um, that would that would certainly be one until I got fired about uh, sixteen months into the job. Um, yeah, this certainly seems like a problem that will uh, that will work itself out no doubt it's just it's it's, it's so funny to see the um you know the present fading into the past in Vado and the uh, uh the future and present molding together in Kardashian strand um at more or less the same overlapping position while the reds lineup desperately needs one of them to kind of be there and be that anchor be that battleship in the middle of the lineup that, that we have grown so accustomed to having with Vado. um that kind of seems like the next thing that the Reds are trying to to uncover. They've got a lot of guys who have decent speed and decent versatility and decent on base skills and decent contact ability. And they get a lot of decent players. You know, they really, really do. Uh, they need somebody who can kind of be that anchor. And it's like, do you, you know, we're kind of waiting on whether or not the old guy can come back and show up for a little bit more or, if the new guy is ready to go up and, and, and be that guy there also. And that's just a fun, interesting dichotomy to, to, to look at when you consider where the Reds are and in this section of the rebuild. So um, who knows? Say it might sort itself out as early as this week. There might be injury news and they might turn to him. It might be something that we're still stuck talking about three, four weeks from now. Um, when you've committed to a team that's not going to the playoffs this year, I don't want to say not going anywhere because they're hopefully going to continue to learn and improve and get experience. Those are the kind of things that you're going to wait on. And we're going to have to wait on them because the Reds are, I'm sure they're, they're, they're kicking everything around the room right now, trying to sort out all these scenarios we're talking about as well. Um, good problems to have, but ones they're going to have to start trying to figure out sooner than later. So um, yeah, maybe this time next week we'll have more news than that. But right now still waiting for Votto and still seeing Who's going to keep knocking the crap out of the ball at AAA? We already talked about Matt McLean. I mean, the guy who, who probably deserves a promotion more than anybody else. So um, good problems to have. Just it's interesting to kind of see which way they're going on that. So, um, Arf, you got any last thoughts on that? No, yeah, that's I was going to throw in, you know, if um, yeah, when do we see Matt McLean? Because, I mean, he's only killed the ball, and he's been in the lineup for um, – you know, the entire season. Um, and then also it was incredibly fitting that we were having that conversation as we watched Spencer Steer drop a pretty yeah. well-placed pickoff <laughs> throw to advancing out a second. Thankfully it didn't turn into anything, but that was just the chef's kiss right there. Chef's kiss for sure. And, and, a, and a guy who deserves the opportunity to have a couple failures at the big league level. I mean, that's Absolutely. once again, what, the, what this yeah. year is about, but yeah, they're, you know, I don't, I don't know how a front office is, uh, I, I don't know how much you, you put stock into plays like that because you, you look up and realize you've got so many guys worthy of getting that same opportunity to not drop that, but also you can't have too quick of a trigger to, to, to make those moves. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's where the reds are. It's a good problem to have. I mean, 
38 minutes into this, and we barely got into Matt McLean, who's he's a first-round draft pick twice. He's a top 100 prospect, and he's hitting the crap out of the ball. He he's He's got everything that you would hope for in a guy that the Reds would call up. I mean, if it was any other year in the Reds' farm system over the last 10 years, we would literally be breaking things for him to be up right now if he wasn't. And right. we, we barely got to him because that's – that's the but, depth that the Reds have uh, with young players right now. But even Matt McLean, it's like, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way that about him that I kind of do about Encarnacion Strand and that, you know, it's not like Jose Barrero has taken the shortstop job and is running with it at this point, right? Like, it's not like you wouldn't be able to find the defensive position for Matt McLean if you wanted to get him four or five starts a week at this point at the big level, Um, you know, red shortstops at this point in this, in the season or coming into tonight are hitting uh, five fifteen OPS um, one ninety six two fifty two sixty five. Which thank God Jose Barrero can play center field. Right. 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 Like what? (laughs) Yeah. Like what are we doing? Like why is it Matt McClain here? That's BQ, yeah. you, I think you just walked us into a Red Reporter article right there. Yeah. The Reds have 75 shortstops, and none of them have hit at the big league level this year. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, if you look at the the positions that the Reds have that have an OPS under 700 at this point, uh, shortstop, first base, right field, left field, catcher. Catcher, like, yeah. Those are, I mean, which are all, all positions where the Reds kind of have options that – aren't being utilized it's it seems absolutely silly that they're not at least putting matt mcclain somewhere right like bring him up let's see like hey can he improve that number a little bit like it's it's worth begging the question right you know we're watching kevin kevin newman in an 0-2 count right now 0 for 1 the guy who has the basically the other than jackie bradley jr i don't have the exact numbers in front of me over the last four years, he's been, other than Jackie Bradley Jr., the worst hitter in baseball. And he's still getting plate appearances right now at, at shortstop and second base. And it's like, you, you know, I, I appreciate his professionalism. I'm sure he's sure. a wonderful good, person. Good he, defensive player, but, you know. He's getting, he's getting his two million bucks this year because he's worked his ass off to get to that point. But if you're a Reds team, like, it's like that. That's Matt McLean's spot right now. But you know? and, I mean, what's you know what what has Stuart Fairchild done to warrant being a the cleanup hitter, de facto cleanup hitter for this team <laughs> right now? Yeah, you know it's yeah. it seems it it just seems like it, it's not that big of a stretch to find Matt McLean a spot at this point. Yeah, it you know, the Red, I mean, to be fair to Fairchild, he's only two home runs off the team lead. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. Well, love well it. played. Well played. Yeah. So, well, the Reds have uh, the Reds have a lot of uh, first round draft pick quarterbacks sitting on the bench right now that are the the backups that we're beginning to get that age to to want to see. Uh, they've got a lot of placeholders in place right now. Um, some of whom are veterans, some of whom are not, but still probably should be looking over their shoulders. You know, guys like. Newman's a veteran. Fairchild's not too much younger, but is not necessarily a veteran per se. Um, but there are guys who are coming for those jobs, and we're getting a. You know, we we knew it was going to happen. We knew it. We we saw the stacked farm system and the lack of you know overlap on on big free agent signings at the big league level. We knew there was going to be a competition this year. 
they're out there competing, man. They are. And it's going to be a very, very short period of time before we start seeing a lot of these guys get called up who are going to be deserving call-ups. And, you know, it is what it is that that's where the Reds are in this particular portion of their rebuild. And while we would love for them to be better than what, 12 and 17 right now, um, they're not two and 27 or three and 22 the way they were in years past. And at least they bought us another month, I think of, um, of watching them go through this slog because it's a little bit different this time around. It's players who are literally fighting for their, their baseball lives out there, knowing there's people over their shoulders, trying to prove themselves at the big league level and earn the next chance to do it again next year. And it's interesting to see which players are beginning to kind of thrive in that scenario and which ones aren't. And, uh, you know, to, to tie a, tie a bow on this episode, you know, I think Nick Senzel, he, he's got to know that he's got to know how many other infield options and potential center field options the Reds have who are deserving of getting called up. Uh, and it looks like he doesn't want to be the one who gets overlapped right now and more power to him for that, because it looks like some other players, you know, for as much as they have put effort in or not, uh, they're they're higher on the pecking order of getting getting taken over by the younger prospects at this point. So um, another week of where it's baseball away from this, we will have, I'm sure, more information. We might have Joey Votto back. We might find out he's out for another month. At this point, that seems to be pretty nebulous. Um, Christian Encarnacion Strand might hit his way into the lineup. Andrew Abbott might pitch his way into the lineup at this point. Um, I will say this. It's been fun watching the Reds compete. Uh, the wins that they've put together over the last week or so, uh, they weren't necessarily runaway wins. They, they they had to fight their way back into them. And it's come from um, kind of scratching and clawing their way through it, which has been kind of cool to watch and props to them for doing that. So hopefully we'll get more of that as uh, as we watch them play this week. They're down one nothing in the fifth to Michael Walker. Hopefully they can turn this one around and turn it into a victory as well. Uh, we'll talk about that next week on Walks Will Hunt. For now, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Wick for Arf and BK. We will catch you next week. Uh, until then, take it easy.